Hello and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. The waters in the mortgage industry can be pretty muddy. Whether it's investing, leasing, renting, home insurance, or myths and misconceptions, Welcome Home Radio has the answers for you, the consumer. And now, to help you make the right home buying decision for you and your family, here are your hosts. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio, where real estate lending and learning come together. First, I want to say Happy birthday to all my fellow Army veterans, 247 years yesterday, June 14th. This is June 15th, and I want to start off with the initial job claims came in for May. They were increased by 27,000. I think we're showing signs that companies are starting to pause their hiring practices and are begging, even begging people to lay off due to slowdowns happening in the economy. We'll have to watch the trends as this continues. We also want to bring up where the housing market, 2,000 mortgage and real estate professionals were surveyed recently. And of those, they said activity is slower, that many is cited due to lack of inventory. Many are still seeing multiple offers, but less than previously. Overall, demand is still outpacing supply, but to a lesser extent. And due to that fact, Today, we want to welcome Chris, professional construction builder and residential expert, because we want to have a discussion on where is the market going and is the way to go for a lot of people, since people are not selling their home as much, that they're going to new construction. So want to welcome Tom and Alan, but I want to start off, Chris, can you give us a market overview of what's happening in the construction business? And What's happening with the residential? Because it seems to be the slowdown with with cost of materials, cost of, of labor. Are, are you seeing things being stretched out? What's happening in, in that part of the industry, please? Yeah, that's a good question. We, we get that a lot. When customers come in, they'll ask, you know, what, what's going on with your business? And I think what we talk about is, uh, you know, the expectation setting is very difficult today. And we're telling customers it's taking a lot longer and, and most people seem to be receptive to that market wise. Uh, I think we're just being hit with unknown factors that we can't control. And I, I think that's hard to communicate because when the customer purchases and relies on you for the experience and the process, they expect you to solve every solution pretty easily behind the scenes. And today, what we're seeing is those are being shared with the customer because we're trying to be like upfront and clear that, hey, here's what we're facing today and we're going to get through it. So it, it, it's interesting that the market slowdown is one of the things I think drove the market up until this point was it was just easier. If you could get in with a new construction, then you could buy a home. Um, you didn't have to put 14 bids in and see if you were going to get it or not. So sometimes what we got were people that would had lost out on four or five houses and they're like, I'm just kind of over that part. So um, today you still see some of that, but not to the same extent. So tell us over the last, you've been in the industry quite a while. If I remember, I think you shared with me, you've been in since 2007. That's a extensive experience. Um, 
you're building homes back then in six to nine months. What are we building homes in a time frame now? What's that's happening? It's interesting. The smaller houses are still taking about as long as the larger homes. So we can build a 2,500 square foot house in some areas. Uh, but part of that's due to the demand to have ADM backlog or so on. But part of it's just due to supply chain issues. And those are taking you know, 10 to 12 months, if not more. And the larger homes, 6,000 plus, are taking about 14 months. So, um, and that's if everything goes pretty well. So you're definitely, for the community I've been in where I was building in about 12 months, a 6,500 square foot house, 10 to 12 months, a couple of years ago. Today takes around 13 to 15 months. 13 to 15 months. Now, in these larger constructions, I mean, is, is the contract changing? I'm hearing things and I have no experience on this, but I'm hearing that contracts are slightly changing a bit so that you're protecting yourself against increased labor costs, increased materials costs, because it is taking longer to build those homes. Is that correct? Or, or how are you protecting yourself in this, you know, fluctuating business? The particular company I work for, a big national company, they did not do that. We did not go back and implement those clauses. We just ate the loss. Um, smaller companies, on the other hand, they just can't simply afford to do that. Uh, that would just drive them out of business. So they kind of put themselves in a position where they didn't have a choice. But that also kind of goes back to how the market was limiting and is still. Builders are limiting the amount of homes they can sell simply to control their cost at the end of the race. So you can't order lumber the day you sell the house. So, or, you know, air conditioners or any of it. So builders had to slow the pace for sales in order to try to offset the risk for each one. I'm trying to get all my questions in before Tom and Alan do, but uh, what what part of the home are you seeing the delays most in? I'm assuming it's appliances, not labor or, or wood or concrete, but I'm really seeing those electronics. Is that true or am I mistaken? No, that, that's part of it. Appliances were a problem. Uh, lumber was a problem. Windows can sometimes still be a problem. Um, one of the things we've seen is the quality. Uh, if you're a builder that wants to maintain the same quality, you got to be a little more uh, protective and that can increase the timeline because you've got to make sure the quality of product you're getting is still what it was two years ago. Um, the, the other things we're seeing delays on is there's an air conditioning rationing. There's a gas meter rationing. There's a, you can't call and get those things in a week or a day. Um, we have a list of when we can get the air conditioners. Uh, the units for the home at pre-drywall and then the condensers later in the process. So uh, that's one of the areas we're seeing a big delay is AC units right now. Um, some of the big commercial products we just had to move away from because their delivery times were 24 months. Wow. That does affect cost and economics big time that you can't take those losses. So I can I can see why. Now, 
right now in the industry, we, we're seeing a slight slowdown, but it's still demand is outpacing availability. How do you see that affecting your business the next six months? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we've all looked at that as we get ready to open new communities and launch new products. Uh, the process, I think, will change in the Dallas market. I think that um, historically you've gone to a new home builder and there was the idea you could just build any home on any lot just about and pick pick things out, right? I think you're going to see that change in Dallas. I think that you're going to see almost every community predetermined up front. Um, at least well, all spec homes, not custom. Either spec homes or we're going to tell you that this particular home can be built on these five lots and that's it. Um, I don't think you're going to have the array of choices you're accustomed to here in Texas. I think it's going to go to a more streamlined managerial approach as far as we can see for the next several years. And I think that's one of the ways we're going to have to go about selling. So you're not going to have the client that wants the large lot with the small home. You're going to say, hey, I've got to have this large lot for this size home only. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to do that mix and match like you were before. Is that is that better explained in my my small terms? No, I think I think that's true. I think that uh, it, it, it's going to be a much more controlled atmosphere than what people have had to experience in the past. Well, I want to remind our listeners, you can find every one of our shows at welcomehomeradio.net. You can also sign up, see the blogs that are going on there. We're going to ask Chris to write a quick blog for us as well, if possible, but also sign up for our newsletter there and um, find our sponsors. And so we just want to thank you so much for listening. Ask your questions on Facebook, on uh, uh, YouTube, anywhere that we'll be able to track that and get your answers back to you. But we're here talking today about home building. This seems to be, and Tom, help me out a little bit. I think you might have, or Alan. I agree that I think this is where a lot of people are going to find their success in the home market to find a home because so many people, me being one of them, I'm not downsizing. I'm keeping my home. I'm not changing. So this is one of the ways that I see people able in the near future, next 12 to 18 months, we're going to see people doing more and more construction and waiting for that. Would you agree with that statement or, or am I fallacy in that thought process? Go ahead, Tom. No, I'm waiting for you, Alan. You're well, I, where I want to go with this is a couple of different directions. One, what Chris just said, uh, if you think back, you know, eighties and nineties, a lot of the spec homes, that's the way it was back then. You had lots, you had designs, and they can only put certain houses on certain lots, and you couldn't change that. It was designated by the, the builder. So um, it's coming full circle, I think, is what Chris is, is saying, even with more expensive homes. And, and I think let's not forget, you know, as employees, uh, you know, builders and lenders and teachers and realtors, we're in the business and we go through stuff, but the buyers and the sellers have really had a tough time over the last few years. I've helped so many people get into new construction just for the reasons that Chris said. They got tired of being, you know, we couldn't do it. Some people with limited funds, 
um, and really good loans, FHA or VA, but they have limited funds, had a hard time pre-COVID when the market started booming pre-COVID. And you would go and find a fixer upper, but they don't have any cash to fix it up, you know, to, to buy it. Why would they buy it? So, and the homeowner seller wanted more than what an investor back then would pay. So you would, you would get outbid and people get tired of it. So I've actually had people move way out of town. I had somebody who wanted to be in the, um, you know, Louisville, Carrollton area, ended up moving over to East Fort Worth, got a tremendous deal on a brand new home. And it took 10 months, 11 months on that particular house. And by the time she moved in, they'd had two price increases already. And so it was a beginner home and she walked right into equity and she was a veteran. It was really cool. VA loan builders, no issues with VA, no issues with FHA. As long as they're approved, you know, they'll use other lenders too, but most of the time a builder will have their lender verify. So um, it works out sometimes, but other times it, it doesn't. And from a builder standpoint, what a bunch of pressure they're under too. Buying things at a market price and then 14 months later, it's like not the market price. Now, lumber is really coming down a lot right now, but lumber was really high for a long time. And they bought lumber at numbers where when by the time they got it, you know, it, the price has changed a lot. And I was in the window business before I was in. Um, and I used to sell to home builders. I used to sell windows to home builders. And let me tell you something, that's not such a simple business. Their lead times are ridiculous right now. And a lot goes in to the supplies that they need to build the windows. So the builder is under a lot of stress and you have to really explain to your client, okay, the salesperson was new, let's say, and, and came out of a sales meeting, six to nine months, six to nine months. Well, no. You, you sit there and you go, it's going to take longer. This contract says it could take longer and there's no penalty to the builder, although they're going to suffer financially probably, but that kind of a thing. So it's an interesting time right now. And going forward, um, I think this is something we've not been through. I mean, personally, I've not been through all the dynamic of COVID, inflation this high, this fast, um, including and the main thing that the fuel, oh my goodness, everything that goes into a home is touched by fuel. That brings up an interesting thought process because I see from our experiences of, as you brought up COVID, as you bring up working from home, a home purchase, and this is why I think I wanna get back to really the topic of, do we see the market going this way? Am I the only one that sees this? Because so many of our buyers are working from home. So many of them are needing that office, needing that extra space, changing that bedroom. I mean, Chris, am I describing some things here that you've seen? Or because I just see the home becoming a more substantial part of people's lives as opposed to just sleeping and being on the weekends. It's literally becoming its place of, of requirements to be able to do their life and live and work. Is that correct? I, th I believe so. There's there's a, probably three things with that. COVID seemed to make the home more important, important as a place you wanted to spend your time. So location mattered more, your yard mattered more, your 
comfortability mattered more, you know, some other things. Then you also see people that have specific needs for a home, two bedrooms down or so on. Um, then you also see the, uh, the people that want a particular style and some other things. So I think you see it and, and the people are looking at this in a longer term today, I think, than they were before. You know, my wife and I bought our house seven years ago and it's kind of a big house and put a pool in and all this other stuff. And it's great. It's good for the kids. It's a good family home. But Lindsay and I always talked about it in a way that this is temporary for us because we're going to sell this thing and get something that we can manage once our kids leave home. And today we may be here for 20 years. So um, I think people are buying that for a few different reasons between all those experiences over the last couple of years. And, you know, the new homes are definitely still a very attractive when designed well for the, the customers. Tom, are you seeing a shift in the market to where more construction demand is required? I mean, not only just because of availability and the economics of supply and demand, but I'm talking about people wanting to be able to have input on their home, building it the way they want, because they are, as Chris just said, and we're one of the ones we've been in our home now 16 years and we don't, there's no reason for us to be moving. Uh, we're not going to downsize. We still have grandkids coming. We still have things. Is this something you agree with or do you, is there another insight here that we're missing? Well, uh, the resale market itself is just, I think you already expressed the frustrations of people that would want to get into a pre-owned home and uh, have a lot of the amenities already built in that they'd have to, you know, add if they're buying a property and that type of thing. So the, the frustration there, of course, is that, you know, the multiple bid situation um, creates all sorts of challenges. I wanted to ask Chris along those lines is uh, I've heard some builders actually go out, they'll build a house and they'll get five people lined up to buy that house because once it gets finished, there, there'll be demand there and then they sell it to the highest bidder. Does, uh, is, is that happening in, in new homes as well? For sure. For sure. Okay. I have a customer who looked at buying a house with me, uh, say around 18 months ago. And um, we didn't connect for one reason or another. He decided to wait. He went and bought six houses and then came back to me about 12 months later. And he was buying and selling those and pocketing $150,000 to $250,000 wow. on each one. Our house price went up and he still purchased at the new higher price, which was pretty substantial. And, is very comfortable with this decision to do that. And he's continuing to do that across, across the nation. Uh, so not only in Dallas, but he's right. in other States. And I've seen that with a couple of people. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 a, I get, just so you know, Blair, I get emails every week from builders. We have two new homes, get your bid in by the 27th. And that happens weekly. I get emails from, all realtors get emails from the builders and they have deadlines on certain homes that are available. And, you know, the market is changing. Interest rates are affecting purchase power. And yet the demand is so high. And like you guys were just touching on, let's say you do want to downsize. Well, 
you're going to get a lot of money for your house, but gosh, you're going to pay a fortune for the downsize house too. And what do you, then you say, honey, what are we doing? Let's just stay here. This is great. You know? Yeah. And I, I'm with you. Same situation right here. You know, one story home, 2,500 feet, just perfect. Don't need nothing. We have a two story, that. but I think I, I, I honestly, I think there's a ghost and maybe a cat or something living upstairs. We don't know. We've never gone up there to check. So. <laughs> Um, well, you know, we have an inspector that sponsors the show. Get yeah. Him over there. <laughs> <laughs> and a pest inspector, too. Yeah. I do want to get to Chris. One of the other things that I really wanted to ask about is in the demand that you're seeing in the situation, how are you seeing the generational homes being built? I mean, is this happening uh, are you seeing more of these ma double master bedrooms and maybe two kitchens and, you know, generational homes to allow multi-generations to live there? Are we seeing that com combination happening or more or is it still about the same number? Surprisingly, it's around the same. Um, we kind of expected that desire to increase, but we didn't really see that. Um, we didn't see that. It, it, it's an interesting one of the things we saw over the last couple of years is people will buy two homes at a time at various price points, two at a time. And it's like unbelievable because not only will they buy a home for themselves, but they'll buy another one for their family. So um, I don't know if that's just people pouring money into real estate or if they feel like it's just a good financial option for them, or if it's just a, Part of a living strategy but i have seen more people so I, currently i have um a couple of brothers two families of two brothers side by side um i have a father and a son i had so you you see this and uh, I, I think i think we may see that continue for a little bit there for a few years we thought it was this gen x idea right and one yeah. of the things about that is cities have kind of moved away from that. Uh, certain cities don't like the concept and they will preclude any option of an Airbnb. So um, we're seeing things like that. So I don't know if that playing a factor or if financially people just feel like they're better suited with two homes next door yeah. or near each other. And out in the resale market, we're seeing parents buying homes for their kids because the kids don't have the credit or they have the credit, not the money, or they can, the parents can get the better loan or pay cash. And I'm working with two people like that right now. And so that's going on. Parents are actually, you know, helping their 25 year old kids get into a home because they can't do to various reasons in today's market. Sure. Chris, what are we not, what do our listeners need to hear about building a home? What, what are some of the insights that you have from your experience that would help new buyers instead of an existing home somewhere and, and going through that learning process, what would you be telling them that they need to know in the construction world and to educate them? I think maybe two points on that. Uh, one, um, don't be shy. Reach back out to the community you're interested in a couple of times. Um, it, it can, the administration part is far heavier than it was two years ago. 
so it's easy to get displaced. Uh, so maybe try to reach out a couple more times than you maybe normally would to those people. And the other part of that is historically, we've always been able to manage the experience and manage customer satisfaction and things. Um, today, we're seeing problems at such a high level in companies that we don't have the ability to manage those. We can't just spend a little more money and get something quicker. We can't uh, call in a favor and be like, hey, I need to make this a priority. Uh, we're being put on a wait list like everyone else. And I think that building a home today really requires a good relationship between the customer and the sales group and construction team. Um, I think maybe if you don't feel that, that you, you want to be sensitive to it because that relationship is far more critical today and the trust and the communication than I think it has ever been. Chris, have you seen any difference in what people expect from a home builder these days? Like a, somebody walks into your door and they want to buy one of your homes. Have their expectations changed any? I'd be interested to hear that. I think a couple of things on that would be the, uh, they know negotiation's not an option. So they do know <laughs> that. Uh, every now and then they ask, but it's not really an option. Um, the other part of it is, uh, I think people are a little more appreciative than they used to be. I think that, you know, they're frustrated and they're kind of over it, but they're excited when they get it. And they're excited that this came to fruition. And I don't know if that's to the experience of losing out on a couple of homes or this was their first choice or their second choice. But I think people are a little bit excited about it. Um, I, some of the experience they go through is, is challenging. And I, I think sometimes having that initial relationship, letting them get when they get the home and then uh, sharing in that with them is a little bit different. I think before it was a little more, well, you know, give me the best deal and I'll buy it or otherwise I'll just go down the street. Today, it's a, I think it's a little different. I want to touch on a sore point for me that uh, and, and help me or help our listeners understand a little bit more because I do not like HOAs at all. I hate them. I don't care for them. I have no good opinions about HOAs, except maybe sometimes they are beneficial in helping the value of my property stay because I can't have the purple home with the pink door on the front. Uh, our HOAs consistently, they're going to be here no matter what area you're building in, or do, are we having any developments done without HOAs at all? From the position I set at, I'm not seeing any without HOAs. Um, but I will say that the HOA things changed over the last 10 years. Um, people I don't want to say that rudely. People don't want to own some of the responsibilities that were provided previously. So let's say that you owned a home 20 years ago and there was a community fence in your backyard. Were you the one responsible for that? Yes. Today, people want the HOA responsible for that. So one of the things you've seen, and I know Alan, I'm sure has seen this too, is HOAs are expensive now. I mean, used to four or five hundred dollars a year, and today you're four or five thousand a year. And you're like, wait, where's the gate? 
Oh, well, there's no gate, right? <laughs> yeah. You have a fence, sir. You have a fence. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, that that's part of it, and uh, I think the HOA will stay for the unforeseen future. One, you know, uh, I won't say the community, but there's a community um, in the town that I'm in that just passed uh, a rule that says you can't do short-term rentals. So that things like that will keep fostering the necessity for HOAs. And HOA homeowners association. Um, I, we probably ought to do a show on them just to understand them a little bit better. Uh, but it, it does help uh, maintain value of property as well as uh, uh, help, help people required to maintain their property for the good of the community. Um, but I, I struggle with it. It's a challenge, but again, we're not going to see a change. And, and as you said, I think the cities are becoming more and more involved in developments that are in their, in their city limits. Sure. Yeah, that, that's really true. Cause you know, in certain communities, cities have ordin ordin ordinances now that say your garbage cans have to be pulled in in a certain amount of time, or you, you can't put a, a try, you know, you can't pull an engine out of a Mustang in your driveway. You know, mm -hmm. that, that used to be pretty common. And, you know, I had a, my first neighborhood, no HOA in a pretty good city in this area. Um, guy parked a camper right, right on the line of my yard and his, and I had just planted really nice bushes and all I could see was this big window and a camper. So I had to go over and talk to him. I said, could you move it? Cause I got no place to move it. And I had no recourse. So there's that. And there's also community run HOAs, which are good. They plant flowers in the front. They're $150 a year. And they remind people about the different colors and things here and there. But then boy, what Chris said is true. And Blair, you know, you deal with it because when you're trying to get somebody qualified, you have to look at the HOA cost. That's, that's a cost. I am shocked at how much, not only here in Texas, but then the HOAs I'm seeing in Arizona. Eric brought it up, one of our sponsors out in Arizona, the cost of, of HOAs alone there, along with my kids in Colorado. Uh, it's it's un unbelievable. Yeah. Those cactus trees in Arizona are very expensive. Evidently. Evidently. Yeah, Arizona really, they've really gone through the roof on price in Arizona. I mean, it's like ridiculous. So, well... Chris, we've talked a lot about construction. What would you tell a first-time home buyer why you feel construction would be better over existing from your standpoint that is a selling point slash just a knowledge information that you would share with them? I think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that and I'll share a quick story, you know, because, uh, a customer bought a house the other day and it, it was very expensive. So a lot of times you think that those people don't, um, it's not their first home, right? If somebody bought a house from you for 2 million plus, you would think it's not their first home. Um, I had a customer buy one that was well north of that. And um, we were standing out there putting the sold sign on, talking about everything. And, you know, she said, well, Chris, can I give you a hug? I said, sure, right? Okay, well, because she was just so excited and she's like, this means the world to me. It's the first home. She's like, 
I'm born American, been here my whole life, lived in New York. Uh, it's the first home land property that has ever been owned in my family ever in America. Wow. And she's like, this is amazing for me and my family and, and everyone. So she's like, I stand here in elation and gratitude for this. So I, I do see those from time to time where people truly, truly are achieving the American dream. And I think that's a good reminder because, you know, we talk about houses on the surface as, well, it's a house or, you know, it's got two bedrooms down or it's a good school district for my kid. But I think the, the notion of ownership and property, real property, is alive and well. And people want that. You know, they thought that certain uh, Gen Xers or whatever were not uh, going to buy homes. And they are. It's still alive and well. So I, I think with customers coming in today, if, if they can just, you know, build that relationship, be patient, uh then go through the experience with the team, communicate often. I think in the end, it's always going to be worth it. Well, I don't know if our uh, future holds. I mean, I've, I've been hearing a lot of things about, uh, oh, you're not going to own anything and you're going to like it. So I, 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 from the World Economic Forum and so forth. So it'll be interesting, but I, I do see a uh, a convergence of a lot of ideas. And I love what you say about the American dream. Home ownership is a, a part of that real American dream that people come here for. And we hope to help them make the best decision for them, their, their families and be successful in that. So Chris, I got to say, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your experience. I hope you'll come back maybe again, if you have some stories, uh, how many developments are y'all working in right now? I think right now we're pushing close to 30. In so, Texas? In Texas. And we're across the country in multiple different fashions and high rises and and some other things. So big company, lots and lots of growth. The rental market is definitely a green thing for builders. So you'll see builders begin, not, not just big builders, but other builders transition into some sort of rental investments as well. Well, thank you again for coming today. Thank you for discussing. Uh, again, find us at welcomehomeradio.net. Sign up there for the blog. Sign up for the newsletter to get that weekly. And uh, just have a wonderful time. It is June. It is getting a little hot, at least here in Texas it is. Uh, let's enjoy that. Enjoy <laughs> our pools. Stay safe. I'm Blair Thomas. I'm Tom Holm. And I'm Alan Pace. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Take Thank care. You guys.